0: From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is Battleground Ballot Box. I'm Stephen Fowler. Georgia has seen massive changes over the last decade, both politically. I thank the people of Georgia for electing me to serve you in the United States Senate. 82-year-old hands that used to pick somebody else's cotton went to the polls and picked her youngest son to be a United States senator and demographically. Uh, We're changing the political landscape and I think we deserve to be heard. The latest results of the U.S. Census show the state has grown by more than a million residents in 10 years. Not enough to add a new U.S. congressional seat, but plenty to make politics more interesting. Now, Georgia lawmakers are holding a special session to redraw boundaries that will shape state politics for years to come. With Republicans in the driver's seat, but Democrats on the rise, Georgia's soon-to-be majority non-white population is on high alert that what happens under the Gold Dome is fair. I ask also that you do not use redistricting to suppress votes, especially for black voters. This week, we look at the good, the bad, and the gerrymandering of Georgia's redistricting process. Okay, so you've probably heard that death and taxes are the two things certain in life, but I humbly submit a third. The political party in power will craft legislative districts to retain that power. The once-a-decade census and redistricting process always has huge implications, but this go-round, the stakes seem even higher for both Georgia and national politics. Democrats have a narrow majority in the US House and flipped Georgia's two US Senate seats in January. But Republicans control the map-making process here and appear likely to give themselves one more congressional district in Atlanta suburbs and retain control of the legislature. First, let's talk numbers and how Georgia came out in the census, narrated here by a very dry, but helpful, video from the Legislative and Congressional Reapportionment Office. In Georgia, our new 2020 census resident population total is 10,711,908 people. Because of this population increase, each of our 14 congressional districts will need to adjust to have 765,136 people in them. At the state level, our legislative branch of government has 56 state senators and 180 representatives in the state house elected by districts. State Senate districts will be redrawn to now include around 191,284 people. State House districts will also need to increase in population size to around 59,511 people. That's a lot of info. Really, it means some districts have to add more people, while others will see their boundaries shrink so that each one represents roughly the same amount of Georgians. But not all of these changes happen equally across the state. Our state is greatly diverse, from the mountains of North Georgia to the coast of South Georgia, from the farmlands of Tifton to the metro businesses of Atlanta. The fast-growing metro Atlanta area has more younger, diverse, and Democratic-leaning population coming in, while rural Georgia is losing population, in some cases by a lot. Census numbers show Georgia is on track to be a majority non-white state soon. More than 1 in 10 Georgians are Hispanic. There is a 53% increase in Asian American Georgian population, and more than 300,000 new black residents alone moved into Atlanta and its surrounding counties. So over the summer, almost 300 people spoke at 10 hearings across the state and more than 18 hours of public comment about how they wanted the new districts to be considered to be more representative of the changing state. Interestingly, Asian-Americans like myself account for nearly a third of our community's growth in the past 10 years. And yet in those 10 years, we haven't had a single Asian-American representative until the 2020 election. I ask also that you do not use redistricting to suppress votes, especially for black voters. Uh, And I think, and I think most Georgians think, that as legislators, you owe the voters of Georgia a fair redistricting process and the resulting maps that are fair and equitable. Nearly 60% called for fairness in drawing maps and 44% asked for more public input into the process. About 40% called for increased transparency, including public release of proposed maps and all the information used to draw them. Many of the speakers were young people, demanding a more active role in their future as Georgia voters. From Kennesaw to Athens, our schools are divided so that even though our state had the largest youth turnout in America last year, our votes are worth less. But with the districts we live in divided so awkwardly, first-time voters like us have a hard time knowing which communities our representatives represent. So when young adults like us end up voting, our voices end up becoming silenced due to its complicated shape. From coming to Columbus, Dalton to Brunswick, some Georgians did have actual requests to fix communities split apart or offer suggestions to make things better, like unsplitting up Tifton. We would very much like to have our county and our city restored to a single representative district. We are currently th- split between three districts in the state house. Not only our county of 40,000, but our city of 15,000. That seems excessive for one small community. Macon Bib. Uh, Macon Bib County, with a population of over 153,000, is currently drawn into five separate state house districts. This has the effect of dividing our community and diminishing our strength as a whole when addressing common problems. And keeping existing communities together. When you start thinking about the area around Tombs and Montgomery, make it an easy decision and keep us together. There are too many good things going on that that we've had happen and we are really working and striving together. So far at least, some of those comments have not been made in vain. Tifton is made whole under the latest proposal from House Republicans, and Tombs and Montgomery County remain in the same districts. But others aren't so lucky. At a hearing this summer in Athens, citizen after citizen asked for the Liberal bastion to have more Democratic representation instead of having Republicans represent two out of three House districts and both Senate districts. Currently, UGA Man Campus is split between Georgia House Districts 117, 118, and 119 in a way that I've walked through all three districts just moving between glasses. But the way it is spread out right now, there's no chance that we would ever have of defeating you or anyone similar in your party with the dynamics that are set up in this community as is. And that's just not right. My hope is that our state legislature will care more about the democratizing power than it does in partisan victories or political careers. Instead, the state Senate map keeps two GOP districts, and the House map adds another Republican seat into the mix, a proverbial middle finger to those citizens' requests. The Republican maps that have been released so far add Democratic seats in the state legislature in metro Atlanta by collapsing underpopulated GOP districts in rural Georgia. They limit pairings of incumbent lawmakers, opting instead to target places where Republicans are retiring or running for higher office. But that still doesn't mean people are happy. Constituents of Sharpsburg State Representative Philip Singleton, a Republican, have flooded an online public comment portal and in-person hearings to voice displeasure with the decision to draw him into a Democratic district based in South Fulton County. I, I see a lot of people from my county here. Um, I didn't bring them here. They came with their own accord. I'm blessed to, uh, to represent a phenomenal county that's very engaged in the process, as uh, you are seeing. Singleton has clashed with fellow Republicans, including House Speaker David Ralston, and has pushed misleading claims about the 2020 election. To gut Coweta County the way that we've been gutted, and for the Democrats to come up with a better map for that area, I wonder about the party that I'm involved in. Democratic maps, of course, also draw more Democratic districts, but where and how many differ? They want their Republican counterparts to give the proposals a fair hearing and take time to process and debate changes, but that's not really happening. Never did we imagine that little more than 48 hours after the start of special session, this committee would consider voting out a proposal that Georgians have had less than 72 hours, and it should not do so. It cannot do so without making a mockery of this process and the promises of fairness and transparency. And third-party groups advocating for better districts have released their own maps that would put Democrats in charge, something that even Georgia's Democratic lawmakers wouldn't do. Now, many who were expecting more extreme maps may be surprised once the final maps are enacted, but the reality of Georgia's politics and the underlying demographic data leaves few other options unless you want the courts to step in. Even so, expect there to be lawsuits, since this is also the first redistricting cycle where the federal government does not have to pre-clear the state's maps. Even though these maps do not have to be pre-cleared by the federal government, it is my expectation and my hope that these maps are pre-cleared with Georgia voters and not politicians, special interests, who, who will almost certainly play a big role in the process. One public commenter, Jexandria Dominique Prince, summed up the feeling best at a hearing, noting that Georgia isn't the same as it was a decade ago and people are paying attention. Like my ancestors, we are the gatekeepers for this next generation. Change is coming, equality is coming. We must work together to represent the diverse history of Georgia and its evolving future so that it includes every Jordan's American dream. Next week, we take a look at the internal battles in the Republican Party locally and nationally, as the biggest fight some incumbents may face is coming from within. Battleground Ballot Box is a production of Georgia Public Broadcasting. Our producer is Jess Mador. Our editor is Wayne Drash. Our engineer is Jesse Neiswanger, who also wrote our theme music. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening.